Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top few events. I am André and with me our basketball expert, Dio Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? Today we have an episode recapping the round 17 of the EuroLeague. This will be a brief recap and also giving you our preview of the round 18. We will be going game to game of the games that will be taking place in the first hand of a doubleheader that will start the 2024 year for the, the EuroLeague. And as we go, we will take a quick peek into how those teams perform on the round 17. And the first game that uh, will start the year 2024 in the EuroLeague is the game between Fenerbahce and Red Star. So let's look into how those two teams performed in the round 17 that just ended. For Fenerbahce, they had an important road win against their Istanbul rivals, Efes. Fenerbahce was able to win 84-89 after stepping up defensively on the second half after allowing 52 points from Efes on the first half. They kept them to only 32 on the second half and that was a key for them to be able to secure this very important win against uh, their rivals, FS. Shane Larkin for FS was once again brilliant. He's playing with a lot of intensity, energy, and he's just showing the level of play that he can have. He's an absolute star. And on this game, he was the player with the highest PER, with 28 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists and 2 steals. Another player that has been giving very good early indications for FS has been Danilo Toro. He ends this game with 19.7 rebounds, 2 assists, and he's a player that I'm very curious about once Efes is at full force, how impactful he will be able to, to be. I like what I'm seeing from this Efes team, and despite the loss, I think that they left very good indications on the court, and they will be able to be a very competitive team moving forward in the EuroLeague, and especially once they are at full force, and of course we are talking about Will Clyburn being back, We have said over and over again that he is the best player of this team and if they are able to make it work with him and within what they are doing now, including him, they certainly will be performing at a very high level. The game MVP from the winning team was Nigel Hayes-Davis. He ended the game with 24 points, 6 rebounds and he had a 27 PER and despite Shane Larkin being the player that performed at the highest level in this game, the MVP goes to the winning team and goes to Nigel Hayes-Davis. Let's then look into the, the other game of the, the other team that will be taking the court on this uh, round 18 that we will be previewing right after for you guys. And uh, that is Red Star that uh, on this uh, round 17 went back to the poor performances on the road and lost 82-65 to against dominant Paratinaikos that uh, won every single quarter of this game and absolutely outperformed behind the MVP performance of uh, Mitoglu that uh, once again played at a very high level. He ended this game in 23 minutes with 15 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. And this was a game where Palatinaikos, despite not shooting particularly well from deep, they shot only 22%. They went 5 out of 22. They were able to shoot better than uh, Red Star. Red Star has been an extremely inconsistent team on that front and they ended the game 4 out of 25, shooting only 16% from 3. Paratinaikos out-rebounded Red Star 40-30 to 30, and that was just another aspect of their dominance on this game. But now that we recap the way that these teams played on round 17, 
Diogo, tell us what advantages do you see Fenerbahce having in this game against Red Star? And conversely, what counters do you think that Red Star can employ to be able to challenge Fenerbahce on this game? Well, I believe what favors Fenerbahce the most in this game is the, their depth and their consistency uh, from top to bottom in terms of a, a whole team. Uh, I think um, if you look at the guards, regardless of it's Yamadar, Nikolaris, Scotty Wilbekin, they always have at least one of them producing at a high level. Uh, you look at the wings, you have Dorsey, Goodrich, Najahais Davis, Deshaun Pierre. They just have a lot of options on every position. Same with the bigs, with Motley, Sartak Sanli, Papagianis. So uh, I think the, the best attribute for this Fenerbahce team is their consistency and the way they are balanced uh, from top to bottom in terms of depth. And I think they have a big advantage here over Red Star. Uh, I don't see Red Star being able to be good enough defensively to contain them. And I think it would take uh, a huge performance from the three-point line for, for Red Star to have a chance. But they can get hot. That, that is a fact. So obviously Red Star has a chance. And if Milos Teodosic keep play, keeps playing the way he is and he, if he keeps facilitating for everybody else to, to play at that elite level, then I think Red Star has a chance. But in terms of who I got a favor and who has the most advantages, it's obviously Fenerbahce and especially playing at home too. So uh, I would expect Fenerbahce to impose their game, to, to try to use those wings uh, with the size that they have because that's always an advantage over any opponent. So uh, I definitely think Fenerbahce should be looked at as the favorite and I expect them to come out of this game with a win. Fenerbahce will be aiming at their fifth consecutive win since Saronis Jasikovic took over the team and uh, Red Star will be trying to find their consistency and find their rhythm for the, for in this game and for the rest of the season. On the next game, we have two teams that truly need to win and truly need to keep adding wins to their record. Jalgiris currently has 5 wins and 12 losses and Alba with 3 wins and 14 losses heading into this round 18. On the previous round, Jalgiris wasn't able to beat Maccabi at home, with the team from Israel locking the 70-78 victory. In a game where Josh Nibu was the game MVP, with 22 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 block, this was a game where Maccabi was able to do a better job at taking advantage of Jalgiris' mistakes with 25 points against 12 points of turnovers from Jalgiris. And that was one of the big advantages that... Uh, Maccabi was able to explore to conquer this final 8-point win. The team that Jalgiris will be facing, Alba, lost at home on this round 17 against Olympiacos. The Germanic team had a good start for the game. Olympiacos' defensive strategy is in part defending and closing the, the way to the basket. Alba was able to explore that and with a red-hot start from deep at the halftime, they had the 3-point lead after leading by 6 points uh, at the end of the first quarter. Olympiacos adjusted at halftime and dominated the second half, allowing only 8 points from Alba in the third quarter while scoring 27. Alec Peters, that recently extended with Olympiacos, was the game MVP with 23 points, 7 rebounds and 1 assist, while Mustafa Fall played a very important role for the Greek team, with his size being too big of a mismatch at times for Alba during this game. Looking now at the game that will put face-to-face -face Jalgiris and Alba on the round 18, 
Winning at home is crucial for Zalgiris and losing is not really an option anymore. In your view, what strategies should they employ to be able to secure this win? Uh, first of all, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I think this should be a must-win game for Zalgiris. Uh, I think it's against an opponent that it's at their level and they should be looked at as favorites here in this matchup. Uh, I think that one of the main things for Zalgiris in this, in this matchup would be to use that small ball lineup that they like to use with uh, Roland Schnitz at the 5. I think Alba, it, they have some good uh, forwards, uh, mostly power forward guys like Johannes Thiemann, uh, but they're not a really big team. So I think Zagreus can afford to go with the small ball lineup and just try to dominate Alba because they are really good playing with Roland Smith at the 5, the way he can stretch the floor and the way he gets on the boards. And he does everything you need a 5 to do. It's just that he's a lot more versatile and can give you a lot of different looks. Uh, compared to what uh, what Hayes would give them. So uh, I definitely think that is the way for Zagiris to do it. Uh, I believe Alba, obviously, like every other game, they will try to play fast and, and they will try to, to outscore Zagiris. And I do think Alba has the talent to do that. Uh, but I just think Zagiris playing at home, uh, using that small ball lineup, they will be able to counter whatever Alba is trying to throw at them. And, and I just think Zagiris, in the end, is a, a better, more consistent team that they are more experienced and they have guys who know how to handle these type of games. I think Keenan Evans will be crucial here because I think he will need to do a, a wonderful job controlling the pace of the game and not allowing Zalgiris to get into the the craziness and the, the inexperienced game of Alba. So uh, I think Keenan will be the X factor here. Uh, most of the games he is already because he is the best player on the team, of course. Uh, but I think as far as like pacing the game and really controlling that all offense is going to be the key here. Uh, but I definitely think Zalgiris is the favorite and they should win this. Zalgiris is in trouble. They are a team that uh, will need to be feisty as they always are, but they need to start getting some wins on their record. And uh, this is a game that uh, they certainly must win playing at home. The next game that will take place on round 18 will put face-to-face Maccabi, that we just recapped their road win over exactly Zalgiris and Monaco that at home against Barcelona was absolutely dominant. They conquered a 91-71, to 71, a 20-point lead in the end of this game, that, uh, where they conquered this very important road win against Barcelona. They dominated the game throughout the, the whole game. They started with the first quarter, 27-15, and the game MVP. We had two co-MVPs, Mike James and Alfa Diallo, Mike James was the top scorer of the game with uh, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals and a PER of 23. And also with the PER of 23, half of the Al went of the game with 19 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal. This was a game where Monaco just gave no chance to a Barcelona that ended the game shooting 8 out of 27 from deep. They just weren't able to find ways to come back into this game and after Monaco built a two-digit lead, they never looked back and they never allowed Barcelona to come close ever again into this game. And it was just a dominant win by the team from Monaco. Let's then look into this game between Maccabi and Monaco that will take place on the round 18. It feels like playoffs uh, all over again. And given the competitiveness of these games, how significant is Wade's absence for Maccabi, the likely absence we heard some surprising news that maybe he will be back, but at the moment all the indications is that he won't be part of this game. And in your analysis, what strategy could they implement to be able to be 
Monaco on this this highly competitive matchup? Well, it's definitely a, a very significant absence here uh, with Wade being hurt again uh, because we know what Monaco's backcourt is going to do when you have Mike James and Elio Cobo off the bench and Kemba and even the possibility of, of Jordan Lloyd maybe being back. I think uh, with Monaco's backcourt, they're going to score, they're going to create, and they're going to facilitate for other guys. Uh, so it would be very important to have Wade to, to be able to help uh, Lorenzo as far as playmaking and just improving the, the offensive firepower for Maccabi. Uh, but however, uh, even with Wade being absent, I, I think Maccabi has a chance here. But I just think they need a, a huge effort from Lorenzo Brown. Uh, I think he would definitely need to score in the 20s and he would need somebody else who would probably be Bonzi Colson to, to step up and to do the same thing. But uh, I believe Bonzi Colson will be matched up against John Brown uh, a lot of time. So I think that's going to be very hard for him to do because we know how good of a defender John Brown is. So I just think Lorenzo will have to be the guy uh, putting everybody in the right place. I, I think he should try to get Antonius Cleveland involved the earliest possible because I think that could be another guy who could step up and maybe have his breakout game here in the EuroLeague. So I, I think they have a chance to do that, but it's going to be very hard because I don't know how, how they are going to stop Mike James, and I just don't know how they keep up in the scoring column without Wade Baldwin against this elite Monaco team. So I think it's going to be very hard. I think Monaco is the favorite, but uh, obviously Maccabi has a chance. They just need Lorenzo to go off. So they should give him the ball and let him be the one making those decisions and trying to get other guys involved quick so that they can help him throughout the game. But uh, there's a way for it, but it's just going to be very hard. The next game of round 18 will have Olympiacos facing Milano. And while we already recapped Olympiacos game of round 17 against Alba, it is time to look at the important home win for Milano over Basconia. In this game, the Italian team, led by Jonas Voitman, that was the game MVP, was able to conquer this 76-67 win. Voitman ended the game with 19 points. 12 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 steal and a PR of 29 and a plus minus of plus 20. It was a hard night for Basconia shooting 3 out of 17 from behind the arc against 8 of 23 from Milano that was able to find there an advantage. Milano controlled the first half and at halftime they were winning 46 to 31 and despite an answer from Basconia during the second half winning the third and fourth quarters they were able to secure and conquer this win of extreme importance for the this Milano team. Looking at the game that will put face-to-face -face Olympiacos against Milano, if Milano finds themselves with the addition of Napier, how significant could Olympiacos' offensive production issues become a problem in this game? Well, I think that would be a bigger problem for Olympiacos' defense because we know how good offensively Napier is. Uh, but I definitely get what you're saying. Uh, I think, obviously, Olympiacos would need... To, to be productive offensively at a much higher level because Milano now has a guy to, to score the ball efficiently at, in high volumes from two, from three, a guy that's explosive and that can create for others. So Olympiacos will definitely need to step up offensively. But again, what I think here is the advantage for Olympiacos is the fact that their bigs have such a, a huge size in Fall and Milutinov. And I think Milano's front court, even though they have a lot of options, they don't really have those guys who are so big and so strong like Olympiacos big, so I think they have an advantage there inside. I think the rebounding battle would be 
a, a very, very key factor here in, in this matchup because if Olympiacos can secure the possessions and get second chance points, I think that gives them a, a huge chance as far as getting that offense to be better uh, if they get second chance opportunities. And I think that would give them a, a much easier way to, to beating Milano. But obviously, if Napier plays, it's not going to be easy because Napier can easily give you 20 and he can facilitate for other guys. And they do have some shooters. They do have some other guys who can score like Siobhan Shields. But with a playmaker like Napier, just it just gets everything easier. So I think this could be a, a hell of a matchup here. Uh, but I think Olympiacos should be the favorite playing at home. And I think they have the, the size to, to bother Milano. And I also think Thomas Walkup obviously can do a, an amazing job on Napier because he is one of the best guard defenders in the world. So uh, I think this matchup is going to be very interesting and I'm, I'm, I'm very looking forward to see who comes out victorious. A disruptor like Thomas Walkup can always change the outcome of the game and that certainly is in play on this matchup between Olympiacos and Milano. Let's look into the next game that will take place in the round 18 and it's a game between Partizan and Aswell. So quickly, let's take a peek into the way that these two teams performed on their games of the round 17. We start with Partizan that had a very tough opponent in Virtus that continues to play some of the best if not the best basketball of the EuroLeague. Virtus was able to conquer a very important and very tough road win against Partizan. They were able to be a defensive force and while being able to produce enough offensively and just finding their spots. Coach Banky really performed some miracles with this Virtus team and he just was able to put players in a position to succeed and Ife Lundberg that was the game MVP and was the, the top player for Virtus on this game is one of those players that is having a great season in uh, about 22 minutes of play he scored 16 points grabbed two rebounds had three assists and two steals and he ended the game with a PER of 20 but this is a, a team effort once again for this um, Virtus team Shanghai Elia who ended the game with uh, 10 points and 4 assists, Bellinelli showed up with 14 points on this game and it's just the contribution of the team as a whole. Daniel Hackett got hurt at some point of the game and he was able to return and to contribute and to close this game for the team when they needed him and those were all components that uh, led Virtus to this team and led Virtus to, to be able to continue having a great season that they are having so far. On this round 18, they will be facing a team that on the round 17, Aswell had a heartbreaking loss in an unexpected, highly competitive game against Real Madrid. Aswell lost by one point to the leadings of the standings and to the strongest team of the EuroLeague until the moment. And Aswell did it in an impressive fashion. Heading to the halftime, they had a six-point lead, keeping Real Madrid to 133 points. In the second half, they started with the third quarter, where they were able to tie with uh, Real at 18, so heading to the fourth quarter, they still had this uh, six-point lead. Real Madrid started the fourth quarter very strongly, and with a 16-0 run, they just seemed to have taken over the game and just be ready to dominate and finally having working up. But Asphalt was able to punch back, was able to answer, and this was a game where Asphalt was just a three-pointer from David Light away of surprising everyone and being able to conquer this win, but let's see what to expect from the round 18 and from the game between Partizan and Asphalt. Could this be the case where Partizan simply has too much firepower, particularly one playing at home? Absolutely. I mean, the gap in terms of talent is already pretty big, uh, but when you factor in 
how much Oswell struggles defensively. Uh, I just think that this matchup has every condition to to be a blowout in partisans' favor, of course. Uh, playing at home uh, with a, a much better team who who is much better on both sides of the floor. They they are more physical. They have more size. I just think that Oswell doesn't really have a chance here to to compete. And if they do, I, I still think they lose. So it's just a a case where they are overmatched completely. Yeah, I, I think partisans should try to to impose their game from the jump and try to get a big lead quick so that they can just manage the game from there on. Yeah, because I don't see a way where Oswell gets this win. It, it's just too much of a gap in terms of how good these teams are. It, it's not by accident that Oswell is in last place. So I, I definitely think partisan is the overwhelming favorite here and they should blow out Oswell without many problems. So uh, obviously... Partizan is the favorite in this one. Yeah, man, it will be a tough, tough road game for Oswell, this game against Partizan. Let's continue on this episode and let's look into the next game that will take place on the round 18. And let's look at the game between Valencia and Efes. We already recapped the game from Efes from round 17. Now it's time to look into how Valencia performed on, performed on their road game against Bayern. And it was a 85-84 to 84 win for the home team. Bayern was able to, to win this game. And the game MVP in a game where Sergi Baca wasn't able to play for uh, the home team for Bayern. The game MVP was Leandro Balmaro. He ended the game with 13 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists and he continues to have a very positive Euroleague season. This was a game where Lucic was uh, able to play and he certainly is always a um, big contributor for the way that Bayern plays and he certainly contributed for Bayern to be able to conquer this win. He once again in clutch time had important plays for the, the Germanic team. For Valencia, Chris Jones was the, the best performer of the game. He ended the game with a PR of 20 with 19 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists and 1 steal. But his performance wasn't enough for this um, Valencia team that we hear Kevin Pangus should be joining soon and uh, that uh, maybe Martin Hermanson is on the way out and might be joining as well. At least we hear about a proposal from the French team for the Valencia card. Regarding the game of round 18, Dio, is this another game where the defensive discipline of Valencia, especially playing at home, can prove to be too challenging for an opposite team to overcome, and in this case for FS to overcome? Well, the opposing team in this case has Shane Larkin, so... I think they will be able to, to figure something out, uh, even if it is just due to his ability to play making and to create not only for himself, but for others too. And then when you have another guy like Darius Thompson, I, I think FS can handle uh, Valencia's defense. And I think uh, the game in Turkey, FS won, but it, it was close. So I definitely think this is going to be close too. Uh, if Valencia is able to, to impose their defense from the jump and to be dominant in that regard. Obviously, they have a chance to win. Uh, but I would say FS is a more talented team. Uh, I think Valencia has a lot of guys injured, so it, that could hurt them, of course. And I think FS, it, they're coming along. They're playing good basketball. They are starting to get some guys back from injury. So I think uh, being led by by Shane Larkin and Darius Thompson, I, I think they have a, a very good chance to get a win here. Uh, but I, I obviously think it's going to be close. I, I think this matchup is going to come down to the wire. Uh, I believe the details are going to be uh, crucial here. Uh, when you look at the the bigs, I think the rebounding battle is going to be very, very important because Valencia, outside of Brendan Davis, 
they don't really have a, another dominant big, and they have some of the bigger forwards missing this game, uh, uh, being injured or potentially missing this game. So I think uh, Ty Jones and Oturu are going to be very important in a matchup like this. And a guy that doesn't get enough credit, it's obviously because he's been hurt. And, but Elijah Bryant, uh, I think is going to be very important here because he can play defense at a very high level. He can match Valencia's energy and intensity. And he help, obviously helps Elfes a lot on the boards. So I think he's going to be very important here uh, besides obviously the two-guard combo in Shane Larkin and Darius Thompson. But I think this is going to be a, a high-level game. I think it's going to have great offense for FS, great defense for Valencia, and I think both these teams are going to be very close, so it could go either way. Great offense for FS behind Shen Larkin and great defense from Valencia as they have been accustomed to throughout this EuroLeague season, who are certainly the main components of this game. Let's then look into the next game that will take place on the round 18 of the EuroLeague, the game between Virtus and Bayern. We have went over the performance of these two teams on the round 17. Bayern won at home 85-84 to against Valencia. And Virtus had an important road win against Partizan 75-77. to For this game between Virtus and Bayern, Virtus has been facing tough opponents recently. Do you expect them to leverage their experience and consistent play to secure the win on this matchup? I definitely think they're going to try to lean on their experience and their coach, obviously, with the way they play, the way they move the ball and the way they shoot. Uh, but I, I'm very high on this Bayern team now that they are healthy. Uh, I believe with Lucic now uh, being able to play the three and limiting the, the amount of time that they need to play three-guard lineups, I think that's obviously... Big for Bayern Munich, and I think a guy like Serge Ibaka here is going to be very important because of his ability to protect the rim and to to push Shengelia away from the paint, where I think he does a lot of damage. So I think this Bayern team is pretty much well suited to play against Virtus. I think they have the shooting firepower to to match Virtus. They don't move the ball as much, but I definitely think they can play very good defense to try to to bother Virtus as much as possible. And I think they are good enough offensively to try to outscore Virtus. Uh, it's not going to be easy, of course, because Virtus is a very good passing team and they shoot the ball very well as well. Uh, but I think this could be a matchup that favors Bayern Munich if they are locked in defensively, which I think they can be. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a high-level game. Uh, but I think Bayern has a really good chance to come out of Italy with a win. But nonetheless, I think it's going to be pretty close and both teams have a, a very good chance of the next game we will be looking at is the game between Basconia and Partizan, a game that will be taking place in the round 18 of the EuroLeague. What are the advantages of each of these teams for this game? Both these teams have a lot of advantages in their game, but I think for Basconia, I think one of the key reasons that they are having success is obviously the guys coming off the bench in Shima Moneke. I think his impact coming off the bench with the energy he brings the the rebounding and everything that he does for that team is very important. And the fact that in the starting lineup, you have a guy who is basically the same player in Serekerskis, meaning a forward that will get on the boards at such a high level and will is going to give you high IQ and will help you play make as well. I think Basconia, those two guys are very important for what they do. And then, of course, the impact of Cody Miller-McIntyre, the way he can play defense on other teams' best guards and the way he can get rebounds, pass the ball, facilitate for everybody. I think he's so important to that team's success, along with the scoring of Marcus Howard, of course. Uh, obviously, these are the, the strongest suits for Basconia. 
But I think Panathinaikos, I think they have better depth. Uh, I think they have more options. Uh, I think as far as the bigs, they are better as well with Mitoglu, uh, Juan Chanau to play the, the four or the three uh, with Losort. Uh, I think Panathinaikos has the pieces to do a lot of damage in Basconia's paint. And I think as far as the guards, uh, I think Panathinaikos has more options, uh, more depth. And I think between those guys and Slukas, Grant, uh, Kendrick Nunn, Vildosa, I think at least two of those guys are going to be able to have a very good game because Marcus Howard is going to have to guard one of them. So I think they can explore that matchup right there. And I think Panathinaikos is the better team overall. and They seem to be in a better momentum now. So I believe Panathinaikos is going to be the favorite and is going to be willing to, to come out of this game with a win. Uh, but I think it's going to be a very exciting game. These are two teams that have been playing very, very well. So I think it's going to be a high-level basketball game, and I can't wait for that. A must-watch high-level basketball game is certainly a good way to describe this game between Basconi and, Par- and Paratinaikos. But certainly the last matchup of this round 18, the game between Barcelona and Real Madrid, two top teams of the EuroLeague, the Spanish classic could this be the game where Real Madrid faces their second loss? What are the decisive factors that you think will be playing a decisive role in determining the outcome of this game? It could be. Uh, I don't really believe in it because, uh, again, I think Real Madrid is the best team and until somebody proves me otherwise, uh, I will keep having a lot of doubts that they will lose. Uh, but it could be. I mean, we know this is a rivalry game where anything can happen. Uh, I think... For Barcelona to be able to get this upset, uh, they're going to have to be elite shooting the ball. And I think they are very capable of that with guys like La Provitula, uh, Kalinic, uh, Jabari Parker. They have a lot of guys who can score. Brizuela uh, coming off the bench as well. They have a lot of capable guys and they have Saturansky putting everybody in the right place. Uh, and then uh, when you talk about the inside game, I think Hernan Gomez and Vesely can definitely have big games. But it's going to be hard to be dominant and to really win the game for their team when on the other side you have Walter Tavares and Vincent Poirier. So I think this game can go either way. But Real Madrid is the favorite because they're just a better team and they've been dominant throughout the season. Uh, I think this could be close due to the fact that it's a rivalry game. I think Barcelona is going to try to prove that they can compete at the same level as Real Madrid. Uh, but I just don't know if they're capable of that. Uh, obviously, they're going to try it. They're, they got to have a strong start. And, and La Provitula, I think, is the key guy because they go as he goes. Talk about the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think if he's able to have a, a big game, I think Barcelona, obviously, is much closer to, to getting this win. But uh, it's not going to be easy. I mean, Real Madrid, with all of those guys, they're going to be able to to play defense. They're, gonna, they're probably going to put some size in La Provitula. Uh, maybe Musa, maybe Azonia. I think both those guys with the, their length can, can give La Provitula some problems. But I, I just think the key is Saturansky trying to get La Provitula open and trying to get him some easy shots from the, from the start because they're going to need that to have a rhythm throughout the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a high-level game. Obviously, like it always is, Barcelona-Real Madrid, it's always something that people should turn in for. And I think Real Madrid is the favorite, but I think it's going to be close. So we're definitely in for a very good game. With this, we reached the very last episode of the European Hoops podcast of 2023. We wish you all a happy year of 2024. Wish all the best for every single one of you. And in this episode, we already prepared you guys for the start of the of the year 
in the EuroLeague and for the first round that will be taking place in the beginning of the new year that uh, is about to come. Enjoy your weekends, enjoy your New Year's Eve. Right before you turn off, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Zero League. And as always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.